Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Got this tweet. Oh, my God. These things happen so perfectly. Maybe because I'm great at freaking radio. Major media market star. I've got snowflakes coming in left and right who are joining my horde. And everything I say just is so accurate. It's perfect. Like 50% of the time. Brian tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, don't know why people are getting on Le'Veon Bell. He was asked a question and answered it. He didn't just come out and start talking about it. He got asked a question. I believe it was Jeremy Fowler who asked. Like he said, he's focused on winning number seven. Hashtag 26 is the GOAT. Hashtag here we go with the Steelers logo. Hashtag no big deal. Does anybody want to take a guess what this guy's picture is? The avatar on Twitter.com. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm not looking. I have not cheated. But is it a picture of Le'Veon Bell? Nice. You were close. Oh, damn it. It's a picture of Ryan Shazier. Okay, okay, all right. I'm not disparaging these people who have these pictures as their profile pictures on Twitter. I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying and what I'm getting at is this. Everybody who's against Fowler, everybody who's against journalism right now, as far as this is concerned, are people with stealers in their profiles. That's it. That's all I'm saying. And that's how I was 100% right, not just 50% right this time around. Because anybody who's against Fowler is looking at life through Steelers' colored glasses. That's the truth. But I'll get to the truth even, even further with my man, Jeremy Fowler, coming up at 520. That's 520. That's in 19 minutes right here on the Crowley Show. Have you heard Fowler anywhere else? You haven't. But Fowler's coming on with me, and he's going to tell me exactly what went down between him and Le'Veon. It's going to be must-listen-to stuff. And we'll also talk about how he kicks my ass in basketball every single year at Steelers training camp. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I wrote a blog for the second day Good job, Adam. I am the big baller blogger. Big blogger brand. I'm the big blogger brand. You cannot get that right. It's okay. We're workshopping it. All right. I'm a blogger big brand. Was that it? <laughs> Close. Blogging it. Let me read you my blog. <laughs> no, this is what we're going to do on the show. They want, me to read, they want me to write the blog. Well, hey, look, you had some brilliance in this blog, so you should ask Joe to set up the Le'Veon rap in the middle. So when you get to the part at which you perfectly lined up the video bite and then went into the next part, like I think it might work. Joe, I know we've got Le'Veon Bell raps in the system. And this is a good point by Brian. And this will test your producer chops whether you get a raise or not comes down to you finding a Le'Veon bell rap and putting it in after i say quality rapper are you ready joe here we go you've probably got a minute before we get there we're at the carson city saloon by the way come on by giving away some william gay autograph memorabilia giving away some shirts and all you got to do to get it is be great at a touchdown celebration. Best touchdown celebration that you perform for us gets the autograph memorabilia or the shirts. And you might want the shirts 
Because it's about to get cold outside. All right, here's my blog. Le'Veon Bell wants to be valued, and he deserves to be valued. Bell told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler that he'd consider retiring or sitting out if he slapped with the franchise tag for a second consecutive season. What's with the ultimatum, dude? I'm on Bell's side here. I tend to always side with the employee and not the employer. This is no different. Bell's got a compelling case as he's the best running back in football and has been for the last three seasons. But I've got two problems with the way he's handled this. Number one, his timing sucks. The Steelers are about to play the Jacksonville Jaguars before heading to Haiti to play the elephant in the room. Number two, he's dressing his case up with a bunch of bull bleep. Le'Veon Bell isn't going to retire. Unless, of course, he suddenly becomes a quality rapper. You said that, that Le'Veon's the best all-around back in football, right? I didn't lie. It wrote, well, See, well. Le'Veon Bell is one of the unique guys. There's nothing he can't do. He can't do. So patient. I'm yelling at the TV. Let me hit the hole, Le'Veon. <laughs> and he just like he got the ball. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go to the right. But you don't see that though, huh? Time on the beat. Yeah, Trent Bayless. I've been hearing you lately. You love Jerry way too much. You acting like y'all related. I got the Hall of Fame waiting. I'm the best, and you hate it. I don't know why you hate it. So that's not likely. He also said, if I'm playing this game, I want to set standards for all the other running backs behind me. Like Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, guys like that. Bro, no you don't. You want yours. This isn't about helping your fellow running backs. If Le'Veon were privy to a hot tub time machine, I'd tell him to wait until after the season to bring this up. Ideally... After a few more playoff games where he's averaging about 170 yards a game. I'd also tell him that the only time he should bring up Gurley, Elliott, and Gordon is when he compares their numbers to his. His are better. He's the best. That should be all that matters. Enough of the bull bleep. Joe, that's perfect. Yes, that's that right is there, good I mean, stuff. Just, I mean, my God. Well done, Joe. In, in fact, I don't even want to clap, man. I just want to... I just, just give him the snap. Give him the snaps. Yeah, yeah let's really do good it. job. I mean, that's yeah. that's some spoken word stuff right there. And that Joe is... comes in with the beats, man. I'm uh, telling you what. I mean, that's that's radio too. Just killing it. That's yeah, a guy just, looking yeah. for a raise right there. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, I don't think Tom could have done that. No, not at all. No, Tom would have been playing Wheezy or something. Yeah. By the way, that's available on ESPNPGH.com under the Adam Crowley tab. Go yeah. on and find the big blogger brand. Damn right, blogger big brand. Yep. Brand in the blog. So that's how I feel about Le'Veon Bell. This dude turned down a buttload of money this offseason. And my thought process then was this. Le'Veon's going to get franchised, which he did, $12 million this season, which made him for this season the highest paid running back in football. Whether he got hurt or not during the season, he was going to get the 12.5 mil. So whatever happened, he could get that 12.5 mil, and then let's say he becomes a free agent. Then he's going to get the contract that the Steelers were going to give him anyhow plus the 12.5. Or he'd get a bigger contract than what the Steelers were going to offer him. That's the more likely route. And he still would have gotten the 12.5. Let's pretend like the Steelers franchise him next year. It goes up to over $14 million. So Le'Veon turns down the contract that the Steelers offered him. He gets 12 cool cash. All going to him. All guaranteed. Doesn't matter if he blows out his knee in week five or not. He gets the cool cash. 
They tag him again. That's 14. Cool cash. Taxes, of course. But he gets that money. After he's tagged, he's got the 26 mil. The Steelers offered what? 30 guaranteed? So let's say he would have just taken that. He's got four more mil. But over a longer period of time. Now Le'Veon, in two years, gets almost as much guaranteed money. And even if he gets hurt in year number two, blows out his knee, somebody's going to pay him another guaranteed contract because guys like him don't grow on trees. I love the Steelers. My mom wears Steelers rings to church. My mom wears a Ben Roethlisberger jersey, and she had one on when she was in the ER after the Steelers lost to the Patriots when they thought she was having chest pain. I grew up in a family of Steelers fans, rabid Steelers fans. I used to have season tickets. I used to go all the time. Cold, sleet, rain, doesn't matter. Remember when the ball stuck in the turf against the Dolphins and they won 3 to nothing? I stayed that whole game. I care about the Steelers deeply. But I care about individual rights. And I think that players get bleeped when it comes to this franchise tag. Le'Veon Bell plays running back. Le'Veon Bell, if you want to look at the average for running backs in this league, he's already there. And now this dude just wants to make his money guaranteed and wants to play under a contract. And you know what? He deserves it. He's one of the best, I think, that I've ever seen. That's not hyperbole. Watch him play. That's not hyperbole. Look at the numbers he's put up over his first handful of seasons. This guy's got an opportunity to be a Hall of Famer. Use your eyes. Look at the statistics as well. I hate how players don't have an opportunity to earn a full contract after they've already played a full contract. And that first contract never pays them what they deserve if they overplay their draft slot. So I'm always on the side of the player. I love the fact that Le'Veon Bell wants his cash. I love the fact that despite me loving the Steelers, Le'Veon said, guys, shove it. Hell, his agent agreed to the deal, and Le'Veon shot it down. I love that. I love the confidence. I love his thought process where he thinks he can outplay it. And I love the business savvy where he does the math that I did earlier in the segment where he says that's 26 over two years if I'm franchised, and then they're going to slap a contract on the back of it. I think everything Le'Veon has done to this point has been the way he should do it, and I think the NFL needs to seriously reconsider in the next collective bargaining agreement, how they get things done when it comes to the franchise tag. But all that being said, as much as I'm pro player over team every single day of the week, I don't care who asked the question. I don't care when the question's asked. you got to be smarter than what Le'Veon was this time around. And you got to cut through the BS. Everyone wants to complain about Le'Veon Bell doing this the week before a playoff game and i do too but if everyone's doing it you know crowley's got to look at it differently so i hate that but what i hate probably more than that is that Le'Veon tried to dress this whole thing up Le'Veon tried to play the ultimatum hyperbole card Le'Veon tried to force the steelers hand Le'Veon's dressing this all up. It's like a Christmas tree, and he's going up, he's putting the star on top, and he's putting ornaments all over the thing. Man, you can stand alone as that damn Christmas tree, Le'Veon. Let your play dictate how you get paid. Le'Veon Bell's one of the best backs I've ever seen. He doesn't need to go about this this offseason 
or this week, the way he's gone about it. Le'Veon Bell's numbers stand for themselves. Le'Veon Bell's tape stands for itself. Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs has averaged 170 freaking yards a game when he's played a full game. What do you think he's going to do to Jacksonville on Sunday? I tend to think he's going to have a pretty big game. What do you think he's going to do to New England? You saw what he did to New England the first time, and that was without Antonio Brown drawing numbers away. Bro, you didn't need to do this now. Bro, you just got to let your play do the talking. Imagine if he puts up 120 against Jacksonville and 140 against New England, and the Steelers go to the Super Bowl. Win or lose, he helped get them there. Let's say they win and he helped get them there. Let's say he is the Super Bowl MVP. Cha-ching! Even if the Steelers want to franchise tag him, all of a sudden that doesn't become the thing that's in the best interest of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bro, I know you were asked, but this is a bad time to come up with the answer. Another thing that he dressed it up with, another ornament that he put on the tree that would have stood alone, is when he said, I'm just trying to set the market for Todd Gurley. I'm just trying to set the market for Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just trying to set the market for Melvin Gordon. Le'Veon, no you're not. Don't pretend to be that guy. I think Le'Veon is a good dude, and I think that that becomes secondary to what he's thinking about, which is get paid. But dude, if you want to get paid, get paid for you. Don't get paid for them. And certainly don't act like you're selfless. Don't act like this is about them. Don't act like this is about anybody else other than you, man. You don't need to dress it up that way. You don't need to talk about Melvin Gordon or those guys and bring them into this. No. You stand on your own merits. Forget them. Every single quote that came from that story bothered me because, Le'Veon, you were going to get paid, man. And now you're clearly going to get franchised. Now they're going to slap that tag on you because they're the Steelers and they need to flex their muscles and they need to say, I'm Art Rooney II, I'm Kevin Colbert, I'm Mike Tomlin, and I'm Omar Khan, and we don't get pushed around by anyone. You let your agent handle these things behind closed doors and then you might get your contract. Especially if you do what I thought you were going to do over the course of the playoffs. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Come on by Carson City Saloon. Dance for a Will Gay poster. Autograph, baby. It's a nice one. It is. It's glossy. Plus, you get some dry fit t-shirts. You do. Dry fit, very important. And when I say wet dance, outside. I don't mean come on by and we'll do a wet t-shirt contest. No, 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 no. I'm willing to have you throw some water on my t-shirt. Okay, I think you would be able to be yeah. fine with that. I'm not James yeah. Franco here. So what I need you to do is you come on up. And give me your best touchdown celebration. Act like you just scored and show me what you got. Maybe a little salt and pepper shaker. Maybe a little dice roll. Maybe a little plank action. Maybe a little chicken wing. Damn right. You got the Super Bowl shuffle in you? The best ones get the autograph merch and you get the shirts. 412-922-2874. Haven't checked Twitter yet. I'm sure there's nice reaction there. Probably all from people who have the Steelers in their profile picture. Not to say that I'm ripping you, but it's the least surprising thing ever. It's like when Donald Trump calls those countries bleephole countries. Doesn't surprise me at all. Just like everyone who's against what I'm saying. My 
God, they are all about the Stellars. This one's from John. We're worried about jabronis with Steeler pictures for avatars when we have an athlete who has people talking about him on a rap song he does about himself. L-M-A-O. Bro, these athletes have to look out for themselves. If they don't, nobody else will. Reality. I feel the same way about any player who pulls themselves out of a meaningless bowl game. They're trying to make money for themselves and their family. Le'Veon Bell deserves a long-term contract. Le'Veon Bell deserves to be the number one paid running back in the league. And the only people who are arguing with me are the people who only care about the team. At work, do you only tote the company line because you care about your company? No. You tote the company line because it's in the best interest of you. That's the problem with Le'Veon here. He didn't tote the company line, which would have been in best interest of his team, because he was going with what was in his own self-interest. I just wish he would have punted this to the offseason. Up next, the guy who talked to him. Let's get some clarity there with my man, Jeremy Fowler. It's the Crowley Show. But you don't see that, though, huh? Charm on the beat. Yeah, Trent Bayless, I've been hearing you lately. You love Jerry way too much. You acting like y'all related. I got the Hall of Fame waiting. I'm the best that you hated. I don't know why you hate it. I don't know why you hate me. Probably because my name is mentioned close with some Honestly, I don't know what all of the drama's about. I don't know what all the hubbub's about. This happens every damn week in Steelers' world. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joins me now here on the Crowley Show. Fowler, what's going on, man? How's it going, bud? It's going good for me. Is it going good for you? I see you're getting a lot of pushback from Steelers Nation on your latest story on Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you know what, there's, there's a certain strategy you can use, and it's just to not read it all. That's what I choose. That's what I like about you, Fowler. You get down to the nitty-gritty, my man. Let me ask you this. How did this all come to be with Le'Veon Bell? If you don't if you don't mind giving us a few trade secrets here, when you started speaking with Le'Veon, I imagine that this wasn't your goal to get him to talk about this. I imagine that you were just talking to Le'Veon, and you had the opportunity to ask some questions, and this came from it. Well, uh, so I went, you know, I went to Le'Veon just during his, uh, before practice at his locker. And, um, you know, we, I've talked to him a lot in the past and try to get, you know, develop a good conversation with him. And, and he's always had some good insights. So I figured, well, I'd take a crack at, uh, just asking him about the franchise tag process. I mean, he went through a full year of it. He, he bet on himself and he played a full season, which he wanted to do. And so I just wanted to ask him what that was like and then what's next. And so, uh, as I was kind of asking him what his options are, for next year, he basically said, well, you know, I can they can tag me or I can play a long-term deal or, shoot, I might not even play. And so when he said that, of course, that created a, a trigger for something else. So everything developed from there. Jeremy, I don't really want to talk at this point about the particulars that surround Le'Veon Bell. I kind of want to give the audience a little bit of an education on your job and your job isn't to sensationalize your job is to go in and get stories that are interesting and your job is when a player comes out and says something interesting to follow up on it and then to write something up on it i've seen a lot of people blame you for asking this question at this particular time but when you've got a quote from an all-pro running back saying he might retire 
I feel like that's incredibly newsworthy, and I don't think that you did anything wrong at all. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, the, the process is really, um, you're trying to really be a conduit between the fans and, uh, you know, and the players and, and to report, uh, you know, in a, in a balanced way on the team, but really you're looking for insight, right? I mean, if you go into a locker room and you ask questions and, and nobody wants to answer them, then people won't get to read about the team they want to. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a very honest locker room, as you know. Uh, and Bell is, is one of the more insightful, honest guys. And given that it is, you know, an all pro and his contract situation is what it is, it's, it's newsworthy all the time. It's not newsworthy only in July and not during the playoffs. So for me, it really wasn't a timing aspect. I was just genuinely curious, uh, about his mindset on everything. How do you personally deal with blowback and how much blowback do you get on your average story because the people who have been coming at you today and coming at me for defending you are all people with Steelers players or Steelers logos in their avatar and I'm not disparaging them I mean if that's what they care about that's what they care about but I mean they obviously want to see things through their own lens and at least this time around they want to paint any distraction as somebody else's fault other than the player himself right um, you know I think it's, 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 it's funny with the fans because, um, you know, they just, it's just a different mindset. And, and even players to some extent, uh, don't always realize how the media works or what we do. Um, and, and so you kind of have to, just, you know, do the job the best you can and, and try to, uh, you know, you try to build a relationship, uh, a working relationship with, with people you deal with every day, guys like, you know, guard David DeCastro, who won the chief award for the Steelers for dealing with the media. It's a very good, honest locker room. I mean, guys are, you know, they're very secure with the Steelers. They're not really worried necessarily about what they say. And the Steelers create um, that drama, but then they also sort of embrace it. And so um, it's sort of an open forum there. And, uh, you know, really from the fan standpoint, it's, it's, you know, you're trying to provide good information, good coverage, and that's really all you can do. You can't really worry about what's said in that regard jeremy fowler from espn joins me here on the crowley show what do you make of mike tomlin's quote today where he said it's not drama to us it's drama created by you guys when talking about everything that's gone on with the steelers this year i think there is some truth to the media cares more about the players in the locker room but the stuff that's happened this year doesn't scream to me media creation the stuff that's happened this year has been the team and then the media just takes what the team's given them yeah well tom went to a well-worn answer and that's that's an old piece of the playbook right i mean to blame the media um and yeah i guess i was a little surprised when i saw that but considering the timing of the game and um you know that the Steelers want to want to uh, appear focused and i think they are focused and so that was probably the, the clearest way for him to do that so um but it, he typically doesn't take that route. You know, I, was, I guess I was a little surprised to see that because he himself has said in the past that he wants his players to be open because, you know, he'd rather not micromanage that. And if you say something and, and maybe you wanted to take it back, well, at least that you learn you can kind of compartmentalize that drama a little bit and get past it. You know, one player told me today that I thought was funny, so when somebody says something stupid in here, we just make fun of them behind the scenes and move on. You know, that's what we did with Martavis or whoever, you know, all year with all the stuff that went on. 
Well, that's probably the best way to approach it, and that's probably why they're 13-3 in some ways. Yeah, and I want to kind of dig at that a little bit. And Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joins me here. Jeremy's there every day. I'm not there every day, uh, and I don't pretend to be. So, Jeremy, they are 13-3 and despite all this nonsense, and you kind of got to it a little bit there. But what makes this team be able to thrive in the midst of Todd Haley breaking his pelvis and otherwise? <laughs> you know, I think the the security is part of that. You know, they're they're – they're not really micromanaged, and it, it, it's a loose atmosphere. And, and, I mean, look, winning six Super Bowls helps in that regard. Um, you go to other buildings, it is different, uh, you know, because maybe the winning hasn't been there. The presence not there. So, you know, there's a sense of calm that, that comes with that. But, it, you know, they have really good players. So that's, that's a bit of a problem. Um, and, and, really, they dropped two games early in the year that they shouldn't have considering how some, well, maybe not Jacksonville, but at least Chicago. Um, you know, this is a supremely talented team, so it really comes down to that. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jeremy, when it comes to this game, the Steelers got smoked the first time around. You just referenced it there. What kind of extra motivational factor do you think that there is to that? Obviously, they want to play, win a playoff game one way or another, but what have you sensed, what have you heard from the locker room this week that would tell you that, hey, this time's going to be different? You're, you're talking about, I'm sorry, you broke up. Are you talking about the Patriots game or are you talking about no, the playoffs no, in general? No, the, uh, the Jacksonville game. So what about, what about gotcha. this time from the players that they're saying makes you think that it would be different? Well, Ben's hot right now. I mean, that's a big part of it, and, and they know it, and they seem to – security in that you know the, the past six games was the average 100 for 325 yards a game 16 total touchdowns and so he's going to want to play better i know he's not necessarily atoning for the week five game he could care less about the regular season more about the playoff wins but he's going to be eager to go at Ramsey and those guys a little bit but they can play ball control too with Le'Veon bell and so they, you know their attack on jacksonville's defense even if it's not a high scoring game because of how good jacksonville is on the um, you know, every weapon is really clicking right now. And Juju's a different guy. Martavis is a different guy. I mean, everything's lined up in that regard, too. Even if you have to win a low-scoring game, you can make enough first down to get that done. And so, you know, they're eager to play them. They want a Jacksonville. This is their playoff wish. I mean, you can take New England out of it. But um, for now, at least, they were hoping very much that Jacksonville beat Buffalo. And so that's going to probably show on Sunday. Let's put New England back into this because, hey, I'm doing a radio show in Pittsburgh, and the listeners are into that as well. I would imagine the same motivational factors are there for that game that are there in this game, except I feel like the Steelers feel like they got screwed out of the first time. Have you sensed that from these guys as well? Yeah, maybe so, you know, but um, it was too and what, all that happened in that game, I mean, they, I think they felt, um, that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have dropped that one. Okay. Uh, but, An aberration of sorts. Yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, they would have, they were aiming for home field advantage all summer, you know, and then the, the fact that they might not get it, I, I, there's a slightest chance that Tennessee could get it done uh, on Saturday. But, you know, th- there's a sense that they let that slip and that maybe that could cost them. But, you know, they, they feel like they're more equipped to handle, a, say, a New England on the road. And games like that Jacksonville game in Week 5 helped them get to that point.
Jeremy, Le'Veon, and just to go back to the original conversation here, Le'Veon, I've always found to be a likable guy, a smart guy, and someone who is measured in his words. And I don't think he's not measured here. I would question why he would come out with it at this time. But there are players in, in the locker room who are more forthcoming than others. When you're approaching a story, and obviously what the story is would dictate who you talk to, but who are the guys in the locker room that you think are the best quotes? Who are the guys in the locker room that aren't afraid, not to stir it up, but who are the guys in the locker room who aren't afraid to speak their minds in an industry where there are so many players who give the canned response? Well, there are a bunch of them. I mean, Ramon Foster comes to mind, uh, offensive guard. You know, he's really good. All the linemen are pretty much an open book. Uh, defensive linemen, you know, Cam Hayward is really good. I mean, he's a bit measured uh, in that regard because he's representing the team a little more than maybe some others. But, I mean, he's going around the whole locker room. Marty Burns, uh, Bud Dupree. I mean, Bud Dupree just went off on James Harrison. Marquise Pouncey, um, in the bigger moments, you know, he's, he kind of has run us more respect in the locker room from his fellow players and almost anybody. So when he speaks out, um, players listen. So he's done that with, he did that with the Anthem. He did that with James Harrison. And so his words resonate as well. It's really Mike Mitchell's been, you know, a quote where he'll, he'll talk and, and like, you know, what he said with, uh, with the way football's changed for defensive players, um, that resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, they were really scintillating quotes. So it, it's really all the way around. It's one of the, the, probably most colorful locker rooms you'll find in the league. Jeremy, you've been at this for a long time. What was your first year of, of full-time sports reporting? First year was 2000, well, 2002. I was a uh, student at University of Florida, so I was working, you know, doing internships with papers in the state of Florida, stuff like that. And then full-time, 2004, I was in uh, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico is my first full-time job out of college. Covering yeah. high school sports. Have you experienced anything like this year's Steelers team with everything that's gone on this year? Yeah, it's funny. I, I covered the uh, 2010 Vikings with the Metrodome collapse and the Brett Favre dead spin story. And uh, there, there was a bunch of stuff that year that happened. I, I don't know if it was quite like this. Plus, if you account for the Shazier situation, which is a whole other layer. Sure. Um, and obviously more serious in tone and some of just the kind of run of the mill drama. Um but that combined with everything else in the anthem, I mean, it, it, it was pretty, it's been a pretty explosive year. I did the 2014 Browns. I was in Cleveland for that. Johnny Manziel and just that collapse at the end of the year. That was pretty entertaining. So I'd probably put Steelers and the Vikings team 1-1-A one one and then the Browns. So those were all three great seasons to cover because there's always something to do. Jeremy, uh, two more things here for you. Uh, first, you mentioned Ryan Shazier. Did you see the GQ piece yesterday on Shazier? I did. What do you think about that? Because to me, I think Ryan Shazier and only Ryan Shazier and his family should be controlling the information that comes out on this one. I, I don't think that anybody has a right to this information. Uh, if this information right. uh, gets out, then it, it, it gets out, I suppose. But I feel like that would be a disservice to him and his family. Yeah, it seems like they're doing that. I mean, it's pretty clear that Shazier has a plan here based on his Instagram post the other day, a picture of himself, you know, at, at practice. And, um, 
you know, he, he is letting out the message of, of he's being encouraging and his whole family has been praying and posting about that on social media. That's sort of been their plan and not to get into the, the medical side of it, except for the occasional updates uh, uh, from UPMC. And so you know, he can't knock him for that. I, I don't think the piece is either. I think the, the piece is more going into the NFL side of things, which is that brings up a bigger question. How much is the NFL, if at all, meddling with the Steelers on how to handle this? From a PR standpoint, but that's that's what we don't know. And even if the article brings up a few good points throughout it, um, you know, it's hard to make that leap that the NFL is doing that without maybe trying to find out or making a few calls. And, and so that that's what I was trying to find out, uh, or, or trying to come to grips with when I was reading that article. Yeah, me too. And my thought process behind that, Jeremy and Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, joining me here on the Crowley Show, is that the NFL, in my opinion, isn't trying to shut anybody up here i don't think there's an edict from the league that's saying don't make this happen that being said i'm sure that they're happy that stuff hasn't gone out because i think they want people to focus on football above all else uh jeremy really appreciate the time man it was a really good piece on Le'Veon. Uh, good job getting the scoop uh, but before i let you go if you were picking a media basketball team like we've had at training camp the last couple of seasons who's your first pick First pick. Dang. And it can't be you, because um, you're the best. First pick would be, let's see, who do we, who do we play with again? Just, tell, just, and, just uh, tell everyone it's me. Just Darcy. tell everyone it's me. Just tell everyone it's me. Well, you know, I'm the tone setter. I'm you the know, tone you setter. You do the dirty work. Yeah. You get the rebounds. That means I'm bad. So you would be like my starting uh, off guard. You'd be the, the two guard for me. You got to work on your shot a little bit. I'll take the two guard, and I've been working on the shot since training camp. So next year, I'll be kicking ass. Thanks for the time, buddy. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, man. Thanks. Uh, all right, there he goes, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, and that was a great interview. We break it down a little bit when we come back. We got Randy Slack at the top of the hour. Come on by Carson City Saloon, giving stuff away. Dance, baby. Touchdown dance. Best touchdown dance. Get signed, Steelers memorabilia. You're listening to the Crowley Show. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Did anybody else have Fowler on today? Uh, Let me check. No, no one at all anywhere in this market had Fowler on. And is that the number one story being discussed today in the Steeler circles? That is, in fact, Adam, the biggest story of the day. So would you say that our 300% growth has gone up to about 350? Oh, it's 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 bound to increase leaps and bounds at this point yes. because, yeah. I mean, nobody else gets the guess. They don't. Look, seriously, every other sports station in this town, you know, the one station in this town, it's mediocre compared to this effort here. Yeah, we kick ass. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have the signal that they do, but the quality. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. kick their ass all the time. And they also don't give away $1,000. No, they do not. They do not. Not at all. You know what they give away? Nothing. Stupid takes. Stupid takes. We're giving away $1,000, but we give away sixteen k every day. Your next chance to win is coming up in five, 21 minutes. <laughs> We're giving away $16,000 every day. The most chances at 1000 and part of the $80,000 in cash 
just this week. Your next chance to win is coming up. 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. <laughs> ah, math on the fly, baby. It wasn't so much math. Telling time? It wasn't telling time. It was that I took a screenshot of the copy that I needed to read, and in the screenshot it said it was 439. And it got me really confused because it's now 543. So it's not 19 minutes. In fact, you get your shot at 1,000 coming up in 17 minutes. Just listen in for the keyword right here on the Crowley Show. I'm a socialist. You guys know me. You know my liberal background. Snowflake. I'm a snowflake. Just like the listeners of the show, I'm just trying to give you money. So listen in coming up in 17 minutes. And if you want to listen... And also, not only just get a thousand bucks, and also get some signed Will Gay memorabilia. You can do that by coming here to the Carson City Saloon. I also got a couple of T-shirts. Are they dry fit? They are dry fit. Nike key. Good stuff down there. At the Nike. At the Nike. No, these are actually really cool, man. So what's, the si- what's the size on that guy right uh, there? It's an XL. Perfect. Yeah. So this is nice. In fact, I may try to take one of these. You can't. Sure. I do have a couple of internet submissions, though, for the number one dance. Oh, yeah? For the touchdown celebration. In fact, I've got one here from Brian, whose daughter gave a nice little touchdown dance. And I can retweet that at some point, but I think right now that's the leader in the clubhouse. That's exactly what we're looking for. The problem is you have to be here to win the thing. That's the only problem there. But that girl's getting it done right there. That's she good is. stuff. She is. And she's about four years old? Yeah, I think she did like a cartwheel in there. She did? Yep. Like a half cartwheel? Yeah, not bad. And man. if you can top that, then you get the stuff. If you can't, then we'll find somebody who can. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Looking at the interview that we just did with Jeremy Fowler, we'll play it back again at 620 if you didn't get a chance to hear it because I thought there was a lot of good information there. Fowler wasn't going there specifically looking for that story. He was going there looking for a number of different things from Le'Veon, and one of the things he was looking for was, are you thinking about the offseason? Are you thinking about what happens here for your Steelers' future? And Le'Veon gave him gold. I can't stand the people who are giving Fowler crap for this when all Fowler did was get exquisite quotes from Le'Veon Bell. Now, Le'Veon is a good quote, and he probably knew that going in. In fact, I know he knew that going in. That's a reality. But when your all-pro running back says, ah, to tag me again, I'm going to retire or I'm going to sit out, that's incredibly newsworthy. So props to Fowler for getting it. And screw all y'all out there who are bitching about the fact that Fowler asked the question. That's journalism. That's media. Deal with it. But I got a lot of the same blowback when it comes to Mike Mitchell. That one's a little bit more nuanced, and you're going to have to put your thinking caps on, which I don't have a very high uh, opinion of you as it is, so I I doubt you're probably going to put the thinking cap on. But I wrote a column yesterday. Oh, man, I've already... I've already promoted myself to columnist. I wrote a, <laughs> yeah, I wrote a blog nice. yesterday on Adam, ESPNPGH.com, and you can Adam, find it there. Adam Crowley, beat writer. Damn right. You can find it there on ESPNPGH.com. And what I said is, in regards to Mike Mitchell's comments that you can find a Monday morning quarterback, I think it's badass that he's confident 
I think it's badass that Mike Tomlin's confident. I think it's badass that these Steelers aren't afraid of Jacksonville, who beat them by 21. I think it's badass that the Steelers aren't afraid of New England, who beat them here at Heinz Field. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they've won five championships. But Mike Mitchell took offense to the fact that I used the quote that came from the SI story when the quotes were given three weeks ago and the story was only written two days ago. What he said mattered to me. Not when he said it. Because he is not afraid of New England. That's why I wrote the blog. To the people who have taken that quote and said he's looking past the Jags, I can understand his beef with them. But don't have beef with me. Second thing here. Don't have beef with me anyhow. Because it was SI that ran it three weeks after the interview happened. But because the president is who he is, and fake news is all the time, hashtag fake news, hashtag fake news, hashtag fake news, drives a wedge between the media and the people, everybody and their mother's out to get Crowley, everybody out there and their mother's trying to get the media, and they all want to believe what they want to believe despite what the media says. So because Mike Mitchell said that quote, Steelers fans want to be like, whoa, 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 he didn't say it when you think he said it. And I get that. But at the same time, it was a great quote. It was very colorful. It was clearly newsworthy, and I don't think anybody should apologize for that. 4129222874. Now to take our attention to this game. And we'll do so coming up in 12 minutes, just after you have your chance at $1,000. My man Randy Slack will join for an hour for the Bud Light Happy Hour here at the Carson City Saloon. The Jags, they feel like they got swag. They feel like they're the best thing going. They feel like that defense is historically good. Dave Damashek was on the DV morning show today, and he talked about how Jacksonville's historically good. I've heard other national broadcasters say that the Jags are historically good defensively. To quote my friend Larry David, okay, here's the deal. They got Bowie. They got Ramsey. They got a great defensive front. They got Miles Jack. They got Calais Campbell. They got a lot of great players. Let's say Bowie shuts down Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> oh, my God. Jalen Ramsey gave up over 100 yards to, Le- to Antonio Brown. Let's pretend that he shuts him down. <laughs> oh, my God. So their two corners shut down the Steelers' two best receivers. Cute. For a historically great defense. Cute. Who's going to cover Martavis? Who's going to cover Vance McDonald? Who's going to cover Le'Veon Bell if he winds up in the slot? Comes out of the backfield. The Steelers have five weapons that can break your defense. Plus, maybe the best offensive line in the league. Oh, yeah, by the way, that guy who threw five interceptions sucked at the beginning of the year. Why? They didn't have a game plan. They didn't know who they were. They didn't have an identity. And all those people that I talked about weren't on the same page. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback who is at the top of his game. The last eight weeks of the season, this guy's been an MVP candidate. Not the same guy. Ben Roethlisberger is playing like the Ben Roethlisberger we saw coming in to the season. So Jacksonville, 
and your historic defense. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can stop the Steelers a little bit, but they're going to put up their 24 at home in the playoffs with all those weapons. Is Blake Bortles going to put up that many points? If the Steelers get to 20, it's over. If the Steelers get to 24, it's an 100% chance of victory. Blake Bortles can't get it done. And I realized I was commenting on the defense at the start. They're good. I think the Steelers' offense is great now. And then you factor Bortles all into the equation. And what it screams to me is Steelers 24 and Jacksonville 13. Your thoughts, 412-922-2874. Are you nervous, Steelers Nation? Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. Get in on the phone lines as well, 412-922-2874. As for how these teams were different the first time around, Juju was a raw young man. Juju was the youngest player in the league, still is. But he hadn't found a role with this team yet. His coming out party was against the Detroit Lions when he went off, baby. Had a 98-yard reception, and the entire country, including Steelers Nation, found out who the bleep that guy was. Vance McDonald has been in and out of the lineup all season long, but when he's been healthy, he's been utilized. Hmm. They know who he is. He understands the offense. He'll be utilized. First time around, Martavis Bryant was being a little bitch. This time around, you look at Tim Benz's column today in the trip, and he was quoted as saying that he's happy. He just wants to win a championship. Doesn't matter how many times the ball gets thrown to him. He wants to go out and win. He's now fit his way into the Steelers' offense, and when Antonio Brown has been out of the lineup, he's played well. He played well against New England. He played well against Houston. The Steelers' offense has a different dimension now. Oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, at the beginning of the season, as I mentioned a couple of shows ago, Le'Veon Bell was being used sporadically. Against Baltimore, they gave him the ball 39 times. Other than that, he was averaging less than 100 yards a game in the first five games of the season. Since that point, the middle point of the season, he's been averaging about a buck 30. 40 yards makes a big difference, especially when Ben Roethlisberger is checking down to Le'Veon Bell when pressure's in his face. Jacksonville loves playing this game where they're going to talk and they're going to feel disrespected and they're going to call themselves Saxonville, and I don't want to diminish this defense. They're good. But at that time, Ben was trying to play hero. I remember doing a show that Ben Roethlisberger was completing like 15% of his deep passes down the field. Well, Ben's gotten increasingly better with that. But one of the big reasons why is because Ben Roethlisberger hasn't tried to play hero. Because when the going gets tough, he drops the ball to Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon can take a three-yard catch, and yeah, you're ahead of the chains. But he can take that three-yard catch and turn it into 40 yards in a heartbeat. Jacksonville thinks they've got the Steelers peg. Jacksonville thinks they're getting the same Steelers offense. I've heard quotes coming out of Jacksonville this week from Jalen Ramsey saying, yeah, it's still the same offense. They're still trying to do the same things. Ah, oh, contraire, mon frere. They might be trying to do the same things. They're doing them a hell of a lot better. Steelers, 24. Jacksonville, 13. We'll see you in Haiti. Guess what? Randy Slack coming up at the top of the hour. Right after, 
you get a chance at $1,000, giving them away every hour through January, $16,000 a day. Your next chance to win coming up in five minutes right here on The Crowley Show.